listening to ESL Talk, a podcast made for English teachers by English teachers. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over seventy percent of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/achieve today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wegovy and Zepbound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com/weightloss. That's PlushCare.com/weightloss. PlushCare.com/weightloss. You are listening to ESL Talk, a podcast made for English teachers by English teachers. Here are your hosts, Daniel and Golnaz. Hello, welcome to episode thirteen of ESL Talk. Today we're going to be talking about the transition of moving our schools and classes from the physical classroom to the online sphere. As we know, this COVID nineteen pandemic is raging on, and there's still many variables that teachers need to consider and new approaches to think about when shifting to the online classroom. And in our interview today, we will be talking to Ben, an English teacher who has rebuilt his language school of more than hundred fifty students from the physical to the online classroom. Yeah, it's going to be quite an interesting discussion.、Um, so, Golnas, tell me first of all, what has your experience been so far from moving、uh, classes from physical classroom to the online space? Well, for me, the major change and the major shift was that I actually、uh, gave a break to teaching and、uh, I moved and transitioned to studying online、uh, for the master's degree. And、uh, but in between, before I officially started studying、uh, at the university. I had to work online for like a half of the year after the pandemic, so、um, that was a big challenge. That was a big transition with all of its,、um, you know, advantages and disadvantages. But overall, it was a it was a great experience because I learned a lot. I had to、um, adapt to the new style of、uh, teaching and the new style of learning. And so far, we are here. We are doing it. We are doing everything online. So, I could say it it has been a quite of a journey. And、um, what about you, Daniel? What has the last year or so been like for you teaching online? Honestly, it's been very busy. Um, I guess this is probably similar across a lot of professions, but teaching online, I think you find that you spend more time in front of your computer. 
you're doing more things, you're more busy, you have more work, more tasks. And something that initially seems like it should be a little bit less um, time consuming ends up becoming more time consuming. I don't know exactly why that is. I don't know the exact reasons for it, but um, I know a lot of us are experiencing this kind of issue. And I would say it's been nice in some ways, you know, obviously the comfort and being able to work from home and, you know, you can connect with students from all over the world very easily most of the time. Um, but I think as well, you know, some students prefer being in the classroom and that's what they used to. Um, but I think for me and my style and my approach, I think it's pretty well suited to teaching online. And I was also very lucky that in the past I was able to teach online before um, the pandemic started. So that meant I had a chance to, you know, kind of, um, you know, build experience and get familiar and get comfortable with the technology. So it was a little bit more of a comfortable um, transition for me as opposed to others who have had to kind of just suddenly deal with it, um, you know, out of nowhere. Interesting. And what about some challenges you faced in making the transition? Um, well, I'm sure you've experienced it too. A lot of these, you know, technology issues um, around software, around things not working properly or microphones or cameras not working properly. I mean, we find that when we're recording the podcast quite regularly. Um, another challenge as well is some students don't feel comfortable being online. They don't feel comfortable at home. They don't feel they can focus as much. Maybe they get distracted easily. Well, you know, they should be listening, but they're actually on their phone or they're talking to others or they're doing laundry or they're drinking a beer. All of these things have happened during my online classes. Um, so I get it. You know, it's, it is different, but I think the key here is for a teacher to be engaging, to keep students on their toes, you know, keep them focused and keep them motivated because It, it's very easy to just kind of sit and talk for an hour or two hours straight and not involve students. And when you don't involve students, that means they're going to switch off and start to drift. And it makes sense. You know, these are some things that we have to think about. Um, so I think the biggest challenge is just making sure the technology works and making sure students get the most out of the classes and the most out of the, um, you know, the lectures or whatever it is that you're delivering to them. Great. And If you want to list out some advantages and disadvantages of teaching online, what would you say? Yeah, um, I've kind of covered a few, but let me just recap because I think there's quite a lot of value in, in discussing this. Um, in terms of the advantages, I would definitely say, obviously, the comfort. You know, you can teach from home. Uh, if you're in a different place, if you're not in the same place as your students, then obviously, you know, they can listen and they can still attend the lessons. Um, you know, if you have different time zones, which I think is wonderful, um, you know, online teaching goes across borders, time zones, you know, nationalities, whatever it is, which I think is great. Um, another advantage I didn't know, a lot of software has tools to help students, so can record lessons easily. You can even have them transcribe. So I think one tool that I use, Microsoft Teams, some students turn on annotations. So luckily, because I have a good teaching voice, um, it's able to be translated quite easily. So that helps students as well. Um, and then again, you know, as long as you have a computer or a laptop, you can, or a phone in a lot of cases, then you can, you know, you can learn, you can do things that you wouldn't be able to do. Um, and it saves a lot of time. I mean, You know, my commute before when I was, you know, working in my university job was an hour each way. So that's two hours a day that I have to take out of my day for commuting. Whereas now I can kind of take my time, have breakfast, do a few chores, prepare myself, get my lessons, you know, more, um, how can I say, more engaging or add more content to them so that they're more relevant. 
um, and they're better for my learners. So hopefully they benefit from that. So there's a lot of advantages there to cover. Um, but disadvantages of teaching online technology is, is an advantage and also a disadvantage because there's a lot of times when technology doesn't work or it works for me, but it doesn't work for the student or it works for the student. And it doesn't work for me. So that's one real headache that I think is always going to exist. And hopefully as time goes by, it'll get better. Other disadvantages are that, again, students might not always understand things as well. They might not see things as clearly. They might not, you know, fully follow the content of the material. Um, and they might not have the opportunities that they'd have in the classroom, meaning they can't be close to the teacher. They can't ask questions. They can't build that rapport. And I think for students in a classroom environment, you can't really get to know each other as students and you can't really get to know your teacher that well. Um, so there are some disadvantages, but I think the advantages outweigh the disadvantages for the most part. Yep, I agree with you. And uh, I think that something that I, I experienced myself is that um, in order to do team projects or group projects, especially some projects that need a lot of planning ahead, a lot of, uh, you know, coordination and collaboration, uh, for these kinds of projects and for these kinds of tasks, uh, we, we uh, as teachers and as students, we will be able to perform better. I personally think so. We will be uh, able to perform better if we have the face-to-face -face experience. That's what I think, but I also agree with you. There are a lot of advantages to this whole online approach, and I think it's here to stay with us. Yeah, I think so. And I think the, the blended model might work best for a lot of people. But again, only time's going to tell if that's going to be uh, viable or not. Um, so with that being said, what do you think the future of language teaching will look like? Do you think it's going to be all online or mostly online? Do you think this market's going to keep growing? What are your thoughts on this? I think if uh, we reach that safe point that we can get back to the normal life uh, with, you know, uh, feeling sure and feeling safe, I think at that point, um, the whole um, online learning and online teaching will stay and will remain with us and we will be using it to, you know, have the blended approach to learning and teaching. And I think um, not only because of... Uh, you know, uh, because right now we have to do it and we do not have any other choice, but because of all the advantages that it brings, it is a wise choice that many people are going to make in the future. But also because we have missed being in and having that face-to-face -face experience, I think many people are going to uh, rely a little bit on face-to-face -face, uh, experience as well. But I think at some point it just becomes a you know, a matter of choice and uh, depending on the situation, dep depending on the um, lesson, uh, the university, school and everything that uh, surrounds the whole topic, people are going to make different choices. What What are your predictions, Daniel? Yeah, um, I think there'll be more people teaching online, definitely. Now, I think the trick is to kind of, or the, the key is to try to differentiate yourself, provide something different, provide something unique and give value to your learners. So I think there will be a growing market online, um, especially for English teaching, because again, the market for that is, is massive. So I would say that a blended approach would be ideal, but I think a good teacher or a good course or a good, a good method of teaching would be to have 
some online and some face-to-face. Now, if that's not possible, then it has to be all online. But I, I don't think we should ever underestimate the value of good face-to-face listen, uh, listening, speaking, and interaction because those really help learners much more than just an online um, capacity. And I think the more options you have for students, the better it's going to be for them and the more they'll get out of the experience. Definitely. And I think future uh, research will also help us um, know more about this whole Uh, what is best to do yeah because no one really knows right now which is you know it, it it is what it is and hopefully in time you know things will be more clear and we'll see we'll see where things lie in a year or two but um you know i think there's a lot of potential and still very exciting um for english teachers and there's still a lot of potential there going forward as well definitely so Now we are going to get ready for the next portion of our today's podcast, the interview. Today we have Ben with us. Please stay tuned. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Can we begin by learning a little about your English teaching journey so far? Yeah. Um, so for those who are probably, if this is a podcast, they probably won't be able to see it. But I'll give you a quick, a quick look. And I'm basically now in the mountains, in the high mountains of Peru at around about 3,400 meters above sea level. Um, and I teach English online and I generate my income through online teaching. I was a, an ESL entrepreneur. 
and I had my own English school, uh, which I'll tell you a little bit more about later, but that's also kind of been stopped by the pandemic. And so ultimately um, my journey began, like I was, I finished university and I love to travel and I went to Southeast Asia and you could see that a lot of people were getting by, expats were living abroad and having a pretty interesting life by teaching English. So that's how I first got introduced to it through travel. I did a solo travel to Southeast Asia. And when I came back from that travel, I wanted to continue to travel. But a, a friend of mine said, well, why don't you do that? You know, why don't you get the CELTA and teach English so that you can make an income whilst you, you know, you travel. So you're hitting two birds with one stone. So yeah, this, the second time that I left for my solo travels, I was, uh, had a little bit less cash. So I, what I had left, you know, I invested into this course and I just kind of pointed at the map because my mom was an air hostess for British Airways. So I had a free ticket pretty much anywhere in the world till I was 24. So I said, you know, any, meeny, miny, mo sort of thing, uh, catch a tiger by its toe, uh, landed on Buenos Aires and I was like, go, you know, and <laughs> And that's, that was it. I just flew out there and within a week I had a job. I had a, an apartment, even though I didn't speak the language, just the power of, uh, of, of stepping into an office or coming to a city, even if you're unprepared, uh, you're there. You're there on the door saying, hey, I want to work for you or I want to live here. And so, um, yeah, that's how it, it got started, basically. It was kind of a way to make money uh, and to travel at the same time. And that was in that was nearly ten years ago now, and I'm still wow. in Peru. I got what a journey. Bug. Yeah. So yeah. what should I what should our listeners know specifically about the ESL market in Peru? Because it's probably not something that many of us know about. So what can you tell us about that, Ben? Yeah, it's a little bit exotic. Not many people from the UK know much about Peru, apart from Paddington. Uh, you know, Paddington Bear. Uh, but there is more to it. There is more to it. You've got the coast, you know, you've got the mountains, you've got the jungle. Uh, so geographically, it's very varied. It's about three times the size of France. So it's a pretty big country. It's a, not a massive population of 30 million. So um, you feel like there's a lot of space, I guess. Um, amazing food. And there's a big opportunities for ESL English teachers. So that, the reason why, I mean, I came to Cusco originally, Cusco, Peru, the Sacred Valley here because of Machu Picchu. So you probably heard of Machu Picchu is more famous than Cusco because it's the, you know, the UNESCO world wonder, uh, one of. And so, you know, you relate anything that's tourism, that's, excuse the dogs, anything that's tourism related um, is, 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 you know, this is Peru, by the way, dogs, dogs in Peru, uh, synonymous. Uh so you'd have to definitely like dogs. If you like dogs, then you'd love Peru. But apart from that, it's just that there was a there's a big there was a big demand for tourism, obviously pre-COVID, and, th and therefore there's an obvious link towards tourism. So a big uh, if you're looking for easy money, you, you think where are the tourists going because they're going to need English as it's an international language. Better English that a person. As gives them a better ability if they can communicate their ideas and the value of their offer better then ultimately they make more money so everyone wants to learn english everyone wants to learn english you could just be st sitting outside you say oh i'm an english teacher oh all my kids want to learn english they'll give you their number you know and i love that because 
it also gives you favors when you're a traveler for example you can exchange this uh, skill or this offer in many ways it, I, I i've used it so many times to barter instead of uh, using cash uh, for example when i set up my business in peru these peruvian lawyers were marketing themselves as bilingual lawyers but i came in there and was like look look your, your english isn't very good so how about we make a deal here? You, we, I give you English classes and you set up a business for me. And they're like, all right, yeah, that sounds good. You know, so there are, there are, you can barter with it too. And you could, you could barter a meal for it. You could barter free lodging for it. You, could, you can really use it because it's, it's, it, it is in demand. Um, yeah, people see English as opportunity and they're willing to pay for it. They, uh, they, they will invest in it. So yeah, big, big market. The other thing to mention is a little bit informal. It's a little bit, you know, it's not, you, do you need a degree, for example? No. Do you need a TEFL? Ideally, if you want to be a professional, you want to take this seriously, you should be investing in your, in your, in your career and your, your professional development as much as possible. But that being said, paperwork is very loose a very cash in hand kind of economy. So you don't necessarily need that. I and mean, that's obviously going to give you an advantage. In my case, that's how I'm able to charge more because I'm, I'm a professional. Uh, but people can, you know, 20 years ago, probably you didn't even, there were less travelers. So you just needed to speak English. I would say to set yourself apart now from being an amateur, which is basically someone who's not really, you know, it's just a kind of a part-time thing. It's a hobby almost to a professional, which is well trained in what you do. Um, yeah, you, you've got to invest in your in your education, but you don't necessarily need a degree. You just need a great attitude. You need to be here. Um, if you speak Spanish, that's going to help you a lot too, because it's a monocultural, you know, it's a, it's a monolingual uh, classroom. Everyone speaks Spanish, so you can use that as a kind of a cheat to gain. Nice. You know, where so yeah, there's, there's that. So if, if obviously, you know, I'm here to help. I'm, there's not many teachers out here, but if you want to get in contact with me and you've got more questions about that, anything that comes up, I'm your man, because this is my, my little niche out, out here in darkest Peru. Wonderful. Great, great, um, great overview of everything there. And it sounds like there's a lot of things to consider and it just shows the power of English. Um, so transitioning then going from, you know, traveling, teaching, and moving into that kind of setting up your own business and starting your own English school. What was the process behind that? And what was the motivation for wanting to do that, Ben? Yeah, I think it's it, it's personal and it's professional. Like, are you prepared to, to take the leap? Uh, do you have the skills that you need? I did. I had a business degree. And then I saw a gap in the market, basically. So I saw an opportunity. Uh, I saw a growing demand. I saw a great process through the competition and I also saw a kind of a way to innovate or be different to be unique and that was like coming from a British English kind of background there was no British English school so I obviously had that natural advantage of being British in Peru I've taken the sacrifice to be 10,000 kilometers away from home and I'm now bringing my knowledge to this community and I'm also able through that to actually have to see that gap by traveling I mean, if you're always looking you know, inwards, you're not going to be able to see the opportunity. So by traveling, you see that gap in the market because you're like, oh, how come they're not doing that? Uh, so that's that's your opportunity. And I just had a, command, a, a good enough command of the language by that point. That was really important, I think. So communication skills was really important. Uh, bit of creativity, obviously, you know, you need to uh, build um website i built a website i built a brand i built a logo did all that kind of stuff a name for the company um 
planning and prep, you know, strategies, doing your SWOT analysis, kind of business, uh, business stuff, checking, doing your research, you know, your marketing before. And yeah, a little bit of capital as well. You have to invest in it. This is a, this is a business to invest in. It. So you're going to have to invest. Well, I had to invest into it in a printer, in, in textbooks, in whiteboards, into uh, uh, flyers, business cards, and time. Obviously, I invested a lot of time. I was literally out there on the main road with my my suit on. These people thought I was Mormons because I was so well dressed. Handing out um, you know these these flyers. I was there. I was pushing myself. I was taking action. And, uh, you know, that was it. When, when, when the students signed up, they liked what I was delivering. So they stayed. And then I, was, I kept marketing. So I kept getting new students. And just like the turnover was quite low. It was like people felt that they were getting value for money. And so they, would, they stayed. And then what do you do? You say, hey, bring your friend along. And so it just, grew. it just grew. It just grew from like one student in the first month, then three students in the second month, then five, then seven. And I took that. At that point, I was just teaching in my house like kind of doing what I'm doing right here. I'm working uh, with you guys from my house, which I love. Like, I mean, but I decided to take the brick and mortar route, even though at that time I actually started a YouTube channel and probably could have, should have, would have done more online stuff, knowing what I, you know, didn't, you know, because of what's happened in recent events. But in any case, um, it jumped. I moved to an office with a mezzanine. It was the classroom on top, the office below. And I was kind of running between both giving information and teaching the class and then don't, you know, then I hired a teacher because I had I was going so it's just getting more, more students. And first off, I was, I was, I'd been working really hard because January and February here, especially in, in Peru, I mean, it's, it's the summer holidays. So I've been working really hard to January, February, selling loads of courses, doing really, really well, uh, hitting some amazing targets for the first quarter. And so I decided to take someone, so one of my friends was like, hey, Ben, they've got cheap flights to... Um, to Lima so I was like oh great a cheap flights to the beach that would be wonderful um obviously in hindsight they were obviously offering cheap flights because they probably knew better than I did because this was mid-March so I flew off to Lima which is about 500 kilometers away and I went to the beach and was happily at the beach when Peru went under full quarantine a strict very strict military quarantine for about start at the beginning it was two two weeks and it went on for six months I think it was six months in total so um, I was like, oh, two weeks is fine at the beach. I'm loving this. No problem. <laughs> but then those two weeks turned into another two weeks. And, and basically it was just like, oh, no, oh, no. Like my, my, like my school's been now closed. I had to make decisions like, okay, suspend everything. Nobody knew what was going on, right? And I'd, I was away from my school, uh, the teachers, the students, everything. Nobody knew what was going on. And I was, I was 500 kilometers away from everything, stuck on my own in a hotel. And I stayed that way for two months until I eventually got off, got out, got out of the hotel and started, I hitchhiked 500 kilometers. And you can see that story on Lad Bible because I ended up selling it. Um, it's a story in itself of my adventure to get back to Cusco in the Andes during the pandemic. So when I did finally get back, I was like, I had to make a decision, right? What was I gonna do? And I tried to kind of, I moved into the school because I lived in a kind of a house. I'd kind of converted a house into a school. So I said, okay, I'm not gonna pay my other rent and then this rent, I'll just move in. He gave me a discount. 
and we kind of just settled in and we started just doing I was just I was already thinking about doing online classes anyway I'd kind of um, already transitioned to LMS programs back in 2019 and I was currently doing a deal a B2B business to business I was doing one of the train companies here I was offering them services and I'd offered them basically I was like blended learning I was like hey this is the new thing. It's like online education. Instead of me coming in and repeating all the information a hundred times, losing your, 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 your employee's time, they can just go on, log in in the evening and do 10 minutes every day of, stu- of English study. So they like that. So they bought into that. And then this whole pandemic was like, oh, well, I should have been doing this five years ago rather than because ultimately my school, I had to end up liquidating. I sold everything up and I've now moved to the country because I'm 100% digital. Um, I'm back to where I was a little bit. It's like I'm back to those 10 or 15 students that I had five years ago. It's a little bit sad. It's a little bit, you know, but everything has stayed in here. You know, it, you know, everything I learned over that experience is still here and I could do it again tomorrow if they, if you're allowed to, you're not even allowed to. So I'm just doing the same thing. And I just believe that anyway, that was like a stepping stone because the Internet's far more, far bigger, far bigger outreach. Everyone's now had a crash course in how to use Zoom for online classes. So it's the future. And so I'm always thinking three to five years ahead of myself and I'm continually building my my courses online and giving my offers out, not just to English students, but now to, you know, teach uh, teachers who want to get their own students and live like this, out in, you know, in the Andes. I'll go wrong with that view. That's not, that's real. Beautiful. So looking at this whole shift and, you know, the whole challenges that it brought with itself uh, from the students' perspective, uh, was there anything that mm-hmm. stopped some of the students from making this shift to the online classes with you? Naturally, yeah, you have uh, economic barriers to entry. And so that basically people just don't have a computer. Or they might have a smartphone, but not necessarily a laptop. So it's not really ideal to be studying with a smartphone, is it? Uh, Connectivity is an issue in some places. Here it's great. I'm really fortunate for that. But um, you can see how those the kids up in, in the community at the top of that mountain up there are not going to simply not going to have any access to it. However, you know, in my case, I work generally with um, adults and professionals. I have a kind of a focus more on. Uh, business or professionals or, or that's kind of my target I prefer to work with anyway but I can see how the state would have a big problem with that so in in effect my my clientele weren't really necessarily affected by it but other others other markets of yeah I think so um, yeah it's it's a transition that we've all had to make some people have resisted it other people have embraced it I've seen it as an opportunity and and it works well like some people don't just simply don't want to do it like one person had paid me for a whole year of english courses and they just said no ben we don't want to do online we're going to wait until this is over to do the normal classes so in the end i've not really been able to refund that money because i said look there was no like option it was the only option was now online and you have to adapt if you're not willing to adapt then you lose out and that's simply it you know i offered the service but online yeah, it's, it's kind of the standard now, isn't it? So it's, you know, we have to, we've got to adapt and we've got to adjust to, to the surroundings and the environment. Um, so next question, Ben, um, what aspects of, of English teaching did you need to adapt to suit your learners in the online classroom? Because I'll imagine some of your students had never really had online classes before. So how did you kind of cater to those students and make that leap? Yeah, I think it was, I mean, 
I like technology anyway, so I'm pretty fast. And I think I could, I can see how other teachers and students must get frustrated with the slowness of technology or even, you know, with the technical difficulties that we encounter doing these kind of podcasts. It can be very frustrating. Uh, but also the plus side is that we can have this conversation. My, my student no longer needs to be here with me or no, no, no longer needs to consume petrol or other costs and whatever, other time, lost time by have not having to travel you know i always thought that was a lot of additional money that my students had to make to actually come to classes every day and take a bus and back um so yeah how do you cater to it well i do believe that the i think the important thing is having like an lms program so if you're not familiar with that term it's a learning management system so it's basically i keep a lot of a lot of the problems that i find or i encounter in my niche which is south american speakers in Peru specifically, they have a tendency to have the same problems. So if I can just store my whatever I create into one place, I can reuse that material and I'm free to reuse that however I want uh, without any worries about infringement or, or any sort of problems there. So, um, yeah, I mean, I just try to cater to the four skills as much as possible within my classes, which is which are basically communication collaboration uh critical thinking no th th those are the four c's so uh, uh <laughs> we've got so many acronyms are... as teachers don't worry i know yeah. <laughs> it's confusing the, the four skills were reading writing le listening and speaking so i'm just mm -hmm. trying to meet those every in every class maybe a like we'll do a bit of a reading and then we'll just do a speaking and i'm always with a kind of i have a coaching approach to teaching so i'm not a lecturer so to speak because sometimes i'm a lecturer but other times I'm also a coach. Sometimes I just, I'm not teaching, but I'm just delivering challenges to my students. I'm, I'm getting them to take action. And I'm also working a lot on mindset as well and about how, what's, why are they doing this and building their uh, motivation to learn so that they do progress and continue because it's a process learning a language. So mm. 10 minutes per day, that's going to, that's going to, Beautiful. Yeah, solve your English problems. So looking ahead, do you think uh, the blended approach to learning will be more preferred going forward? Yeah, I think that it was maybe, I mean, I already liked it anyway. I like the idea of saving time. Of I like the idea of blended learning. I was always a fan. At the moment, it's just not possible because it's ultimately you can't, not at least in Peru, you can't have classes but yeah in the future again it's it's a matter of training and awareness of this kind of technology so i think a lot more teachers are probably more empowered to use technology uh use it as that database um uh, and i mean you, you're going to want to i mean the best teachers are going to want to adapt and and survive i mean the, the best teachers don't even need schools anymore i think they, they would just work on their own methodology and and yeah, I do use blended. Like if I meet, if I have a, if I have a, a student who comes to me uh, here um, and I'm literally face to face with them, I can go ahead and then sell my digital products as well, which is the online course. And I say, well, you should take my online course uh, because that would be really great if you do that for 10 minutes every day. There's a program for you to take every day, which you can trust. You know, the information's good. You're not searching for it on the internet. You don't know, you know, YouTube, is it good or is it not? And you're going to have access to me. So if you have any questions. Um, so, yeah, I'm always using, I mean, who isn't? I mean, if I can offer that as an extra added value, then I can charge that high price. 
I can be like, well, you get a private class and you get also my 30 videos on English grammar that you can complete in your own time when you want 24 seven for the rest of your life. So I'm, I'm there to help provide them that result. So I'm giving them. Yeah. I'm giving Sign me up. <laughs> yes. Man. Yeah. We cannot deny the advantages for both sides, actually of the whole, you know, uh, digitalized world. I think it's more events. We have more events going on, like three-day boot, boot camps, events. That, or, or personally, in my, my opinion, I'm, I'm not going to do B2C so much. I mean, I'm going to do just B2B. I mean, if you, you don't need to have an office or a school, you can just walk into an HR department and be like, hey, I'm an English teacher and I want to help you guys. And, and, and exactly. that's enough to get you a contact. And you, yeah. you, you're in their office teaching them. So you don't even need an office. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah. So um, now I want to ask you, is there anything that you know now that you wish you knew at the start of the shift to a hundred person online school? Yeah, so there is, I was thinking about this one and uh, I mean, I was thinking about saying the pandemic, right? And Bitcoin, the price of Bitcoin, because I'd be rich and, you know, and, and, and whatnot. I would have, I would have done this transition earlier, probably five years ago. But I would, I would say one of the biggest things I like is a, is a website called AppSumo app sumo.com so if you are interested in uh building this stuff and you're starting out and you're a bit of a frugal kind of guy like me i don't like to spend there's a lot of software out there which is really expensive it's it's kind of based towards i mean if i was in the uk working it probably wouldn't sound like a lot but because i'm in peru it, it seems like a lot so i'm always really keen to find software which does what you need it to do and doesn't break your bank so AppSumo offers you lifetime uh, software. You buy the software outright. You never have to worry about it. You know, I use SendFox for the emails instead of paying Mail MailChimp. MailChimp is what so much. It's like thirty dollars a month for a thousand, two thousand, I don't know. Uh, or it's like pay fifty dollars for SendFox and for life. And so it's a no-brainer, right? It's an absolute no-brainer if you've got a long-term vision. Um, you don't want to be I mean, basically, if you cost, if you keep your costs down, you don't really have to make that much money to, you know, revenue, revenue is vanity. It's like, what's your profit at the end of the day? How much are you keeping? So if, you, if, you, if you're using something like Kajabi, you're talking about $150 per month. That's a hell of a lot of money. I was like, you're going to get, I mean, you're just, I'm not, I'm not going to break even. Uh, especially when you're starting out, you're going to get discouraged. You're going to lose your money. So I, I use I wish I'd known about AppSumo because it probably, I mean, I've spent 500, 600, $700 on, on software or more, you know, because it just helps to run the business a little bit better. And, uh, but I'm also a bit of a tech kind of guy and I'm, you need to, you do need to know about this stuff if you want to go online um, or find somebody who knows this stuff. But yeah, this software is the cheapest kind of that you can get. So. So um, Ben, what advice and tips would you have for teachers now who are wanting to start teaching English online because people are slowly making that shift now? So what advice and tips would you have for them getting started? Yeah, I mean, don't go slowly, take a lot of action, uh, learn, invest. if you don't know anything, then invest in your education. You maybe, maybe this is a gap in the market, isn't it? There's not that much on, I mean, at least when I was starting my English school, um, I was scouring the internet for information. Like, no, I couldn't find it. Uh, a lot of information on becoming an entrepreneur and kind of a teacher entrepreneur. So these days there are a bunch of groups, uh, but I would just get in contact with people as well. Like ask, if you don't ask, you don't get. So uh, ask, that's a really big piece of advice. I would say ask and you will get received. So, and don't be afraid to ask for help. 
you're going to need it. If you don't like it, you delegate it, but you have to know a little bit about it so you don't get mugged off. Okay, so that's that, that's important. Um, so do a little bit yourself. Uh, don't, you know, uh, there's there's so much to learn. So there's it's, it's, it's a process of uh, failure. Failure is a great thing. Failure means you tried, you swung, you, you tried to hit the bat. Even if you didn't hit it, the, the ball, you still tried and you still learn. So it's the mindset. I, I would definitely think it, first off, mindset, really important. Then the skills, what do you need? Marketing, sales skills, um, what, any sort of mentorship, books or people, coaches, really really important and just don't give up just keep going there's going to be so many obstacles but they say you know the, the challenge more challenging the the path than the more beautiful the view when you get to the you know the end and in your uh, living proof of that aren't you ben because i know you guys can't see but this view is absolutely incredible so yeah there we go it's not easy to climb the mountain but i tell you that view is one hell of a view when you get up there. <laughs> i'll bet it's it is good- yeah thanks ben um so just finally how can our listeners get in touch with you and, and how can you how can we connect with you if you want to find out more i just like i really love to help uh teachers who are struggling a little bit maybe uh who are recently uh, just have just recently kind of taken their celta uh, or tefl and are looking for a little bit of professional help a little bit of coaching still don't understand what a ccq is or an icq or stt or need a, they need maybe they took the cell to five ten years ago and you need a little refresher if you want to invest and become a professional which will help you to stand out in your market then i would recommend getting in touch, touch with me just to go maybe do a consultation get some ideas um I come from a place of servitude, so I'm not out to sell, but I do need to make money to survive. And so, yeah, maybe I'm going to ask you for some money, but usually that's just the way life, that's how we get into business with one another. We, we exchange money. Now, the other one is that if you've maybe perhaps, the other thing is, you you know, they say your ideal client is someone who's just like you. So uh, if there's anyone else who's thinking about it or wants to start an ESL co- company, or online and wants to go solo and doesn't have the strategy, doesn't have the marketing skills, has, you know, does maybe comes from a more linguistic background, understands the language and all that, and it's got good methods, but doesn't understand how can they, how, they don't understand their own self-worth, don't know what their niche is, you know, they don't know what their, their offers are, they don't know where to promote it. Then that's another thing that I basically have done for the past, you know, eight, well, with my business, it was about seven years and I'm continuing to go, do so online. Um, that's another person I love to work with. So if, you, if you're either one of those kind of people, um, go ahead, get in contact. You know, it saves, it's so much better to speak to somebody than just to read blogs because you just get your answers like uh, when you need, when you want them as, you know, as, as you ask for them. So it's so much better to have that kind of contact. And that uh, is where my website for that is HTTPS for, uh, colon uh, forward slash forward slash. I'm like typing it out in my head benenglish.online benenglish.online uh, i've always got a few free uh, like lead magnets on there i've got a tefl book right now it's an ebook which uh, describes kind of my story and my kind of resume of english teaching right now it's free it might not be free forever but if you want to put your email in on the website you can get that there's also another one with conversation worksheets which i've developed uh, which is the same benenglish.online forward slash uh, i think it's conversation and those are some free conversation worksheets that you can use with your with your students. On the other hand, I offer for my Spanish, if, if anyone wants to actually take English classes with me, then my other website is inglessuperior.com. 
that's for basically anyone who might want to actually study English, maybe pass the TOEFL, emigrate to the US, uh, work on their business, but their business, English skills, uh, that's that side of my, that's my other offer for students, inglessuperior.com. Wonderful. All right. Thank you very much, Ben. Thanks for your time. It was really interesting to learn about you and your story. And uh, I'm sure we'll be hearing from you again in the future. And I'm sure our listeners will be reaching out to you as well. Thanks so much, Ben. We appreciate it. Thank you so much from Peru. All right. Thanks, Ben, for your insights and your story, which was fascinating. And um, as I said, you know, it doesn't doesn't quite do it justice just listening to his story. Um, so do try to get in touch with Ben because he has a lot to offer. He's very experienced and hopefully he can, you know, help out um, fellow English teachers and those who are interested in teaching as well. As always, guys, don't forget to reach out to us um, by email, esltalkpodcast at gmail.com. And of course, you can keep following us on Instagram and Facebook. Um, We're continuing to grow. So thank you so much for your support. And we hope to see you again soon. See you next week, guys. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe for new episodes and to follow us on Instagram and Facebook for even more ESL teaching content. 